you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stork Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Andy Stork Show. I am so happy and excited and grateful that you are joining me today. Whether you are listening on the podcast or watching this video online, I am just happy that you're here and I want to make sure that I'm bringing some great quality and value to you today. And today I'm going to be talking about helping others and specifically coaching. Is this something that you've thought about? If you are into personal development, if you've been reading books and especially listening to other podcasts and talking to other people, you've chances are you've been exposed to this idea of being a coach, which is along the lines of maybe being a personal trainer if you're into health and fitness. It's something that I discovered a couple of years ago from listening to podcasts. And I heard people talking about being a professional coach, a life coach, or a performance coach, or a business coach. And I had not heard of that before, even though I had been in consulting for the last seven years and had done some coaching of clients. I'd heard of an executive coach, but I didn't know this person existed beyond that. Maybe it's something you recently discovered as well and thought, huh, maybe that's something I'd be interested in, which is what I thought. I thought, wow, I love helping people. I want to become a coach. How do I do that? And so I started going down this road of discovering what it meant to be a coach, what you needed to, to get into it, and how to build a coaching business. And this podcast, I'm making this for those of you who have thought about that, who are thinking, I would really like to get into coaching. I like helping others. I'd like to get paid for that. It sounds like a dream job or career for me. And that's kind of where I was, what I thought about. And I will caveat this by telling you right now, if you don't know me, that I am not a professional coach. I am not someone who gets paid regularly to coach others. That's not my career. I am in the business of connecting companies with really great experiential learning programs, things like leadership development and sales training. And I do some coaching both with my clients and with big companies, as well as I typically have one or two personal clients on the side who pay me for coaching, but that's it. I don't have a big coaching practice, but I do a lot of free coaching for friends when they come to me from time to time on a limited basis. And so I've started to get a lot of practice with it. And the funny thing is a lot of people, not a lot, but quite a few people have come to me for advice to say, you know, hey, I want to get into coaching. I've discovered that I like helping people and I want to make this more of a regular business for me. And can you give me some advice? And uh, I think it's kind of funny because again, I'm not a full-time coach. I do know plenty of full-time coaches. I have some friends. I would be happy to refer you to. Um, I've had a few on this podcast. So for instance, I had Michael McGreevy on the Entrepreneur Hot Seat a while back. And that was a very unique episode because he offered to coach me on the air. And I recorded him coaching me for about 30 minutes. And then we turned the tables and I interviewed him about becoming a coach. If you're interested in becoming a coach, that's a great episode to listen to because you hear me getting coached and you hear him telling his story about how he built his coaching practice. And that is episode 85 of this podcast. It was released on July 30th. So you can go back uh, searching through and find that 
if you want to listen to it. And then, of course, I'm releasing this a few days after I've published my conversation with Devin Bandison, who is a really sought-after coach and speaker up in New York City. And I connected with him through a dad's group we belong to. And he offered, when I said I wanted to shift my show and turn it into something else, he offered me a free coaching session. And of course, I recorded that for this podcast. And so you may have listened to that earlier this week. It was episode 104 of The Andy Storch Show. If you haven't listened to that, I would stop and go back and listen to that one from earlier in the week and hear how he coaches me and the questions he asks to get an idea if you're not really, if you haven't been exposed to coaching at all, of what that could look like. What does it mean to coach someone? Uh, which is really in its essence, asking powerful questions with the belief that people have the answers within them. The best coaches do believe that. And Devin clearly does as well. He's asking me questions to help me come to my own conclusion about where I want to go with my life and my future and this podcast. And it was really helpful for me. And that's why I decided to publish it, You know, being a little bit vulnerable, but I think it made sense to put that out there and let people hear what the process sounded like, what I think about for my future and what coaching looks like from a really successful coach like Devin Bannison. And Devin studied, I think, under some really successful coaches, including Rich Litvin, who wrote The Prosperous Coach. And uh, that's a book that I highly recommend to anyone who is thinking about becoming a coach. It's again called The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin. It gives you great information on what you should be doing and what you should be thinking about if you are trying to become a successful coach. And I think Devin studied under him. I know other coaches, Warren Peterson, has been on this podcast as well a long time back, is also a professional coach for men. And I, I know many others. So if you're looking for a coach and you're not interested in me or I'm not available, you can always reach out to me and I can recommend some people for you. And I'll get back to that because if you're thinking about becoming a coach, I think it's important to have a coach as well, uh, which Rich Litvin discusses in that book, The Prosperous Coach. So I wrote down 10 tips or pieces of advice that I have for people that are interested in becoming a coach that I end up discussing with people when they come to me for advice. And I wanted to share that with you today. So number one is you need to decide how you want to help people and what you want to coach them on. And the way you can decide that is by asking the question, well, what do people usually ask me for help on? How do I usually coach people? How do I normally help people and, and that might be health or fitness. It might be business. It might be career uh, stuff. It might be career transitions. It might be just general life coaching, making important decisions. It might be performance. For me, it's more about operating in a high performance in every area of your life. That's what I love talking to people about, especially with business thrown in there. But I don't think about it as much as life coaching, but I guess it's all kind of in that realm. But what do you want to coach people on? What do people ask you? for on a regular basis, where would you feel the most excited or passionate to help others? The next thing I would think about is doing the work on yourself. I have seen quite a few people over the last couple of years tell me that they want to become a coach and that they want to help people in a certain area because and, and a lot of that's driven by them needing help in that area, right? Like I love coaching people who are essentially me three, four years ago before I started doing all this work on myself because I know I can help them. I can give them great advice and tools and things that can help them like they helped me. 
The problem or the challenge is I find that some people are in that situation and they haven't really fully helped themselves. You know what I mean? Like they're not completely practicing what they preach. I heard someone say they wanted to coach people to have more confidence and, you know, be less paralyzed by fear and be willing to speak up more in situations or something like that. And my perception of this person with no judgment was that this person had not conquered those things. She was still struggling with that stuff. And that's okay. Like it's all a journey. We're all working on different things. But to me, if you're still really struggling with something, it's hard for me to think that I'm going to hire you as my coach when you haven't figured out how to tackle it yourself. You know what I mean? And that's okay. Like, you know, you don't need your coach to be an expert on something, you know, to be your coach. That's certainly not the case. I mean, Tom Brady, the probably the best quarterback in NFL history, has multiple coaches. And I guarantee that none of those coaches can play football as well as he can, right? They don't have to be better than you. That would be more of a mentor if someone has done exactly what you want to do. But I think if you want to coach someone in a certain area, you have to be willing to say that, hey, I've done the work and I've improved this area of my life. And so I've gotten a lot better. So Tom Brady's coaches don't have to be as good as him at throwing a football, but they understand the game really well. They've probably played it at, you know, at some point and coached other people and they know how to get, uh, help people be successful with being a quarterback or playing on a football team, right? And it could be the same in, in so many other areas. So do the work on yourself and even share that along the way and, and help others. I have another friend who came to me because he's just interested in becoming a coach to help people with anxiety. And what I love about his story, uh, this is my friend Richie, is that he has done all the work because he used to suffer from so much anxiety and stress. And he has done the work to implement his meditation practice and do all these other things to improve his life and get rid of anxiety and to exercise and get into better shape. And he, in my mind, is very qualified to go coach others. Now, is he perfect? Is he the healthiest person in the world? No, there's other people that are you know, probably doing even more. But he's done the work on himself. He's made the transformation. And therefore, I think he is infinitely more qualified than others to give that advice and to actually coach others on how to get rid of anxiety and live a healthier lifestyle. So number two is, I think you need to do the work on yourself if you think that you want to help others. Number three is you need to invest in yourself if you expect others to invest in you. This is something that Rich Litman talks about a lot in that book, The Prosperous Coach, that if you want to be a coach, you need to hire a coach. And that is so important. It's something I think a lot of people make a mistake with. It's something that I personally have made a mistake with for sure because I decided that I really wanted to be a coach and help other people. I went and got certified as a coach and I started asking people to hire me as a coach. The problem is I hadn't hired a coach myself. And therefore, basically, there's kind of a paradox. And the reason I hadn't is because I didn't think I could afford it, right? And Rich talks about that in the book that a lot of times coaches say, well, I don't, you know, I'm building this business. I don't really have the money to invest in a coach. And what you're basically saying is, I want other people to invest money in paying me for coaching. And yet, I personally am not willing to invest money in myself for coaching. That's what you're saying. And I've been there because I have had people hire me for coaching and I had not hired a coach myself. Now, since then, 
I have joined a mastermind group and hired a mentor from that group who I work with fairly regularly. I've also hired a one-on-one coach different periods and worked with them. And I'm always looking, I'm actually thinking about hiring a new coach now because I need to be constantly growing and investing in myself and be willing to invest in myself if I want other people to invest in me. So I, I think of a person, a guy I've gotten to know uh, through social media pretty well. We have some friends in common. We, we kind of follow each other. And I see what he's doing and that he is trying to get into coaching and um, training and helping others, I think, particularly in the field of health. And I've seen him balk a couple of times at the idea of investing in himself and joining premium groups or hiring a coach. It's my outside perspective that he is in that camp of wanting to hire people to, or wanting people to hire him to invest in him, and yet he's not willing to invest in himself. And again, no judgment here. Live your life however you want. I know a lot of people are on tight budgets. I personally am as well. You know, I'm very strict with finances, but think about that. Just think about the mindset of that and, you know, whether you can really expect people to invest in you if you are not willing to invest in in yourself and others, I guess you could say. Number four is continue to read and to learn and to grow and to practice. It's silly to me that someone would live a static lifestyle and think that they know enough already to coach and help others. And they're expecting other people to invest in their growth. And yet that person is not investing in their own personal growth all the time. So not just hiring a coach like we talked about, but constantly reading books, listening to other podcasts, TED Talks, going to conferences, investing in seminars, whatever it is, so that they're continuing to learn and discover new things and then practicing those things in their own life as well as with their clients. So I do this a lot. I read every day. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm always trying to find ways to learn. I go to conferences and seminars to learn as much as I can. And then I put those things into practice in my own life. And that qualifies me to then help others with those things. So I think it's you know, just so important to be doing that stuff to really help others. All right. Number five is focus on quality and practice and doing a great job as a coach over building a business. And this might be different than some advice you hear out there. I don't know if I'd call this controversial, but again, it goes back to what Rich Livvin talks about in The Prosperous Coach, which is that you need to focus on getting as much practice as possible and helping as many people as possible over building a website and getting business cards and posting on social media and doing all the other things that people tell you to do because you need to drive traffic to your site and have people book you that way. What he talks about is having a lot of quality conversations with people, giving away free coaching sessions to people, and then proposing that you work with them as a paid coach if it makes sense, if you think you can help them. And having more of those conversations, getting practice as much as possible versus trying to build that business. And Michael McGreevy talked about that when he was on the Entrepreneur Hot Seat as well, how he had spent too much time trying to build a website when he really should have just been out coaching people and getting that practice and finding clients through personal relationships. So I would focus on that quality and getting practice and doing it right. And number six along those lines is be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, when I decided I wanted to be a coach and I went and got certified, I thought, you know, I'm going to go out and get a bunch of clients. By the end of that year, I'm going to be a full-time coach with 30 clients paying me on a regular basis. And it didn't happen. And certainly there are things that I could have done a lot better. I could have been more assertive. I had a job 
and I was trying to build it on the side. And then I had this business and I could have done it a lot better. I could have been a lot more aggressive. But these things take time. I mean, it's a new skill that you're acquiring and you need to practice and you need to learn. And you're going to have clients that you work with that are maybe not that happy with you. And so they leave and go somewhere else. And you have to learn from all those experiences. And so it's probably going to take a lot longer than you think it would take to build up a coaching practice. But you know, you've got to start today to start building that slowly. And then it won't be as big of a deal. And it'll, you know, eventually it'll happen if you get enough practice and help enough people. The next advice, number seven, is find your niche. What is your niche? People say the riches are in the niches. If you listen to my intro episode 102 of The Andy Stort Show, uh, you probably heard me say that I'm very resistant to the advice to focus on a niche. And I meant that more for this podcast and how I talk to people. But I think if you're going to be a coach, it is important to find a niche. Who are the people specifically that you want to help so that you can tell your friends and they can recommend you and refer you. So are you a coach for dads? Are you a coach for entrepreneurs? Are you a coach for anxiety like my friend Richie? Are you a women's business coach? I met uh, a woman a couple weeks ago who specifically focuses on women who are afraid of childbirth. And she helps women through that process who have an extreme fear of childbirth. That's a niche right there. But here's the thing. Why niche into that? A lot of people are afraid to niche down because they think, oh, I'm, I'm eliminating so much of the market. What about all these other people that I could help? You can still help those people if you have the skills. You're not going to turn them away. But what niching does is allows you to be known for something and people can recommend you for something. So if someone says, you know, I need a coach, then they might think of you, but they might think of other coaches or they might just kind of draw a blank. If someone says, I need help getting past my fear of childbirth, then you go, oh yeah, I know exactly who can help you because I know the expert on that subject and you refer them. Or I need help specifically with balancing being a father and running a business and traveling and being healthy. Okay, Andy Storch is really good at all those things. That's his niche and he can probably help you. That's who people think of for that kind of stuff. So if you have that niche and you become known for that niche, then it's easier for people to refer to you. It's easier for people to think of you when they have that issue. And it's easier for you to hone in and get really good practice helping the same kind of person on a regular basis. Number eight is test the market, ask questions, talk to people. So when my friend Richie came to me with this idea of becoming a coach, possibly around helping people with anxiety. I said, well, let's test the market. Let's put some questions out there on social media. Let's start talking to people and saying like, who here deals with anxiety? What things have you tried? Are you willing to invest in coaching to help you get past this stuff? Get an idea of, of if people are willing to invest, if people actually do want help in this area. I have another friend named Drew who is a parenting coach. He works with fathers and mothers. And I'm going to be working with him soon. He puts a lot of great content out there. And he also has been testing the market, asking people questions and finding out what people are struggling with uh, to see where he can help them. Number nine is know the economics. Are people really willing to pay for this? And I can tell you, I know a lot of people who are interested in coaching parents or being a dad coach, helping people become better fathers or better husbands. And while that is really, really important, right? Possibly the most important thing in the world the fact is a lot of people are just not really willing to pay for that like they'd be willing to pay for business coaching. Because if I'm hiring you to help me become a better father, I don't see a direct financial return on that, right? 
yes, my life could be happier. I could have better relationships with my kids. It is important. I hope people are willing to invest in that. And like I said, I'm going to be working with Drew soon because I want to become a better father. So I have a, I'm scheduling a session with him soon. But you compare that with hiring a coach to help me improve my business. Like I'm thinking about hiring a sales coach right now or joining her mastermind next year to help me improve my sales. That's something that's a lot easier to quantify. If I pay her X and my sales go up by X times three or four, boom, I've gotten a great return on that investment. It's a lot easier to make that decision versus investing in something that doesn't have tangible returns. So think about that if you are helping people with something that's not as tangible. It might be a little bit of a tougher sell. The economics might not be as obvious. I'm not saying that you couldn't do it, that there aren't plenty of people that are very successful coaching those areas. But it's just something to think about. And then, you know, what are people willing to pay? And can you charge what you're worth? You know, is it worth your time for you to coach and do the things that you want to do to spend time helping people? And then try to charge what you're worth. A lot of people really undercut themselves. I've done it plenty of times. I'm doing it now. I think I did it yesterday by quoting someone for a facilitation that I think I could have quoted more for. So charge what you're worth. And then lastly, number 10, once you get it all dialed in and you focus on that quality and you get the practice and you know this is something that you're good at and you want to do more of, start sharing more content and your point of view out there on social media. Um, you know, start a YouTube channel or a podcast or post on LinkedIn or Facebook to start to build your authority and show people what you know and what you're capable of so that people start to think of you more and more. And when that need comes up, they'll be willing to give you a call and say, hey, Andy, I've seen you put all this stuff out there. I'd love to talk to you about maybe working with you sometime. Can we do that? Uh, so that just helps you become more top of mind. If you follow Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He talks about trading attention and attention being the most important thing these days. So just putting stuff out there to get people's attention and have them know you and remember you for being a coach or someone that can help people. And that's why I put a lot of content out there. I have two podcasts, of course, this podcast and the Talent Development Hot Seat. I post almost every day on LinkedIn. I post almost every day on Facebook and Instagram. And a part of it is helping people. Part of it is just being top of mind, trading attention having people keep thinking of me. So when issues, challenges come up, they are willing to reach out and maybe uh, one day hire me if they are a client who's looking for um, development or something like that. So that's why I do all that. So those are my top 10 tips on what to think about if you are thinking about becoming a coach. And again, remember a caveat, I am not, not a professional coach. I am not getting paid regularly by multiple clients. I have uh, one right now uh, as I write this plus other people I help on a regular basis. And I do try to limit that because I have so many other things that I'm going on. But I do know plenty of professional coaches. I have friends who are coaches in different niches. And so if you are interested in hiring a coach to finally invest in yourself and also figure out how to become a coach, then uh, reach out to me. I'd be happy to make a recommendation. Again, you can follow me on social media. I'm active on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. All of those search for Andy Storch. And you can email me, andystorch at gmail.com. If you have questions, I love to answer questions on the podcast. So send me those. And I hope this was helpful for you and that you have an awesome week.